Have you always wanted to have a program on the radio? If you can talk on the phone, you can have your very own program on Holy Ghost Radio 2. You can produce your program or we can help you produce it. For more information, tap on the ad panel on our app or contact us through our website, www.holyghostradio.com. The following program is brought to you by an independent producer. The opinions expressed on the program do not necessarily reflect those of the staff, management, or ownership of Holy Ghost Radio. Begin to be poured out upon all men. <laughs> this is that spoken by the prophet Joel. This is that spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, I pour out my spirit, saith the Lord. everybody, Pastor Bob here, the Tell It Like It Is radio show. Glad to have you listening tonight. July 3rd, 2022 is when I'm broadcasting this from the studios of KDIX 
AM radio station, Dickinson, North Dakota. Always a joy to come to you on Sunday nights and also uh, that you're listening and texting me. Some of you text me and let me know. Some of you email me and let me know. Appreciate that. Already had early texters already before the show started. We have Brother Griffith out in Great Falls, Montana. We've got Brother Greg Johnson listening um, somewhere, wherever he's at. He travels a lot, (coughs) probably down in Arizona, I'm guessing. We've got Lori listening in South Dakota down by Hot Springs tonight. Um, Sister Bretz is listening tonight. Got her listening. Sister Beth just texted. Yvonne and Marin are listening tonight. Got to visit with them a little bit in our church. They're from two ladies from our Bowman Church, and they were up in Dickinson today and got to see them for just a little bit, talk to them. I'm Pastor Bob, the pastor of the New Life Pentecostal Church in Dickinson, North Dakota. 501 Elks Drive is our address. Our next service is Wednesday night at 7.30. We've got some daughter works that are nearby in Beach, North Dakota. That's 60 miles to the west of Dickinson. We have church there now. Officially, Sunday mornings at, at 10, 10 o'clock and also Tuesday evenings at 7.30. And we've got a brand new church building there that's just finished, and and um, we are very excited about it, hoping to see great revival and growth on the very western edge of North Dakota. We also have a, a church in Bowman, uh, North Dakota, which is southwest of Dick, Dickinson, and they have services on Sunday mornings at 10.30 and Wednesday nights at 7.30. So um, those are a couple of churches that have been um, churches started out of our church, but there are other churches in the area. In Beulah, we have a church. In Newtown, Williston, Bismarck, Mandan. So there are Pentecostal churches around here. And what sets us apart, and the reason that I'm on the radio here locally, is because I want to promote the message of salvation that the early church, the first church, the church that Jesus set up, taught and preached. We, we pattern our church and what we teach after that church. Um, and so we always mention the verse Acts chapter 2 and verse 38 on the very birthday of the church, which was the day of Pentecost. That was the day that the Holy Spirit was poured out for the very first time in human history, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And there were people there that had gathered around to witness this great event, and Peter stood up and began to speak in Acts chapter 2, and he began to preach about the death of Jesus Christ and how it was them that had crucified the Lord, and of course it's our sins that have crucified the Lord. And in the middle of his preaching, with all of the other apostles standing around, standing by him, they cried out to Acts chapter 2 and verse 37, they cried out to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Men and brothers, what shall we do? And Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promise is unto you and to your children and to all those that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And, of course, he was talking about us. It's still for today. And so we we don't trace our church heritage back to a man-made organization, but we we trace our church heritage back to the original 
church that Jesus Christ set up. That's why many people call us apostolic churches, because we pattern ourselves and our beliefs after the apostles. And like I say, we don't go to a council of Nicaea. We don't go to different councils of the past, but we go directly to the Scripture. And so, I, I mean, I always say that. I want to say that. Um, well, anyway, happy 4th of July. It's not the 4th yet. It's the 3rd. Tomorrow's the 4th of July, but I, I kind of decided to do a kind of a 4th of July theme tonight. In fact, as soon as the program's over, I'm going to go home and pick up my wife, and one of my great grandbabies that were babysitting overnight, Tyrell, and we're going to drive out to Medora. They're having a fireworks show. So I'll get done here at this program at 9.06 Mountain Time. I'll get home. We'll get out there just in time to witness the Medora fireworks show, I hope, if everything goes good and we don't get rained out. And so I'm excited about that. Um, That'll be a nice drive. If you're not from this area, Medora is in the heart of the North Dakota Badlands, which is just absolutely gorgeous, and um, it's a it's a little tourist town kind of. But when it off season, it's not a tourist town at all. It's just a nice little town. They have the Medora Musical there, which is a big big deal, and uh, it's it's a great place to come and vacation if you wanted to come and just spend a few days. And while you're here, you could visit our church in Dickinson, which is thirty three miles to the east of Medora. You know the um, do you ever wonder what happened to the signers of the Declaration of Independence. Um, you know, I know that I have two sons that know a lot about it. They both could do this part of the broadcast a lot better than me. Both my son Luke and my son Ben know a lot about the Declaration of Independence. They've made it um, their business to know it and to know the Constitution of the United States. And and I, I just want you to say, no, I don't do a political thing on this radio show. I stay away from that. But I am glad to be an American. I'm glad to have my freedom. I'm glad to live in this country. What what an opportunity! Uh, I'm living the American dream as far as as far as uh, financially. I I uh, quit college when I was a junior with really not any type of degree. Just started working construction work, and I was able to learn a trade and start a business. And uh, what a blessing it's been. We own Simon's Homes here in Dickinson, and um, you know I'm I'm not trying to plug for free advertising. We but it's been just a great. Great way to make a living, and I'm just thankful that I I was born in America. I didn't choose this. I I was just born here. I was fortunate. I was lucky to be born and uh, to two two hardworking parents that I believe, um, even though maybe I was lazy when I was young, but I do believe I had a work ethic instilled in me. Uh, my mom was a school teacher for 39 years. My dad was a salesman, and um, and so I'm thankful to be here. The Declaration, the signers of the Declaration, um, the the five of the signers were captured by the British and were tortured before they were killed. They were tortured as traitors. Twelve of them had their homes ransacked and burned. Two of the signers of the Declaration of Independence lost, lost their sons in the Revolutionary War. Another had two sons that were captured. Nine of the 56 signers fought and died from wounds or the hardships of the Revolutionary War. Uh, what, what kind of men were these? They were 24, were lawyers and, and, and jurists. 11 were merchants. Nine were farmers and large per- plantation owners. These were, these were wealthy people, well-educated people. And when they signed the Declaration of Independence, they had a lot to lose, and they knew that. 
They knew full well what the penalty would be. It would be death if they were captured. Um, They had security, but they valued liberty more than security. Um, You know, standing tall, straight, and unwavering, they pledged for the support of this declaration with a firm reliance on the protection of divine providence we mutually pledge to each other our lives, our fortune, and our sacred honor. And so they, these men were fought to be free from the tyranny of the government of, of England, and that's why we have a United States of America today. Now, I'm not going to be talking about patriotic themes, but I just want you to know that that's why we celebrate July 4th, which is tomorrow, and we celebrate the the uh, Declaration of Independence. We celebrate our in, our freedom. But freedom, you know, there was a pope, I think it was John Paul that's the second, that said freedom consists not in doing what we like, but in having the right to do what we ought. That's good. It really is good. John Adams was credited with this saying about a free country, our Constitution was made for a moral and religious people. Because freedom is really the freedom to do what's right. The freedom to do what's right. Now, I'm going to get into what it means to be free in Christ here in just a little bit. Uh, this is an old song I'm going to play for you. It's like an 80s song, so some of it's a little outdated. Uh, but I think you'll get the gist of it. It's called America Again. Text me tonight, 701-290-7862. Also, you can email me, robertsimons58 at gmail.com. George Washington, Thomas Jefferson, Samuel Adams, First Chief Justice John Jay. Names synonymous with the spirit of our country. Founding Fathers of the USA. Over 200 years ago, they shook off the chains of tyranny from Great Britain by divine call. Citing 27 biblical violations, they wrote the Declaration of Independence with liberty and justice for all. But something happened since Jefferson called the Bible the cornerstone for American liberty, then put it in our schools as a light. Or since give me liberty or give me death, Patrick Henry said, our country was founded on the gospel of Jesus Christ. We eliminated God from the equation of American life, thus eliminating the reason this nation first began. From beyond the grave, I hear the voices of our founding fathers plead, you need God in America again. Of the 55 men who formed the Constitution, 52 were active members of their church. Founding fathers like Noah Webster, who wrote the first dictionary, could literally quote the Bible chapter and verse. James Madison said, We've staked our future and our ability to follow the Ten Commandments with all our heart. These men believed you couldn't even call yourself an American if you subvert the Word of God. In his farewell address, Washington said, You can't have national morality apart from religious principle, and it's true. Because right now we have nearly 150,000 kids carrying guns to these war zones we call public schools. 
In the 40s and 50s, student problems were chewing gum and talking. In the 90s, rape and murder are the trend. The only way this nation can even hope to last this decade is put God in America again. The only hope for America is Jesus. The only hope for our country is Him. If we repent of our ways, stand firm and say we need God in America again. Abe Lincoln said the philosophy of the schoolroom in one generation will be the philosophy of government in the next. So when you eliminate the word of God from the classroom and politics, you eliminate the nation that word protects. America is now number one in teen pregnancy and violent crime, number one in illiteracy, drug use, and divorce. Every day a new holocaust of 5,000 unborn die, while pornography floods our streets like open sewers. America's dead and dying hand is on the threshold of the church, while the spirit of Sodom and Gomorrah vexes us all. When it gets to the point where people would rather come out of the closet than clean it, it's the sign that judgment of God is going to fall. If there's ever been a time to rise up church, it's now. And as the blood-bought saints of the living God proclaim, that it's time to sound the alarm from the church house to the White House and say, we want God in America again. stand up and proclaim that one nation under God is our demand and send this evil lifestyle back to Satan where it came from and let the word of God revive our dying land for Jesus Christ is coming back again in all his glory and every eye shall see him on that day that's why a new anointing of God's power is coming on us to boldly tell the world you must be saved Because astrology won't save you. Your horoscope won't save you. The Bible says these things are all farce. If you're born again, you don't need to look to the stars for your answers. Because you can look to the very one who made those stars. History tells us time and time again. To live like there's no God makes you a fool. If you want to see kids live right, stop handing out condoms. And start handing out the word of God in schools. The only hope. America is Jesus, the only hope for our country is Him. If we repent of our ways, stand firm and say we need God in America again. I know the only hope for America is Jesus. Pastor Bob, the Tell Like It Is radio show, kind of celebrating the 4th of July tonight on our broadcast and also going to get into my topic, which 
I haven't got into yet, but we're going to talk about what it means to be free in Christ. John chapter 8, verse 34. Oh, thank you, all you that are listening. A few more have piped in. We've got Tim listening in North Carolina. We have Zach and Leah listening tonight. In um, I'm assuming Fargo is where they're at. We've got um, John eight thirty four. Jesus answered them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Whosoever committeth sin is the servant. I want you to notice that, servant of sin. And the servant abideth not in the house forever, but the son abideth ever. And then, of course, this verse, verse 36 of John 8, which is very well known amongst many people, If the son, therefore, shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. What? Does freedom in Christ mean to you? You know, it's the 4th of July. We're thankful for our freedom, freedom to do what's right, freedom to, we have freedom to um, be a moral people. You know, that's that's what freedom means. But what does freedom in Christ mean to you? And it means different things to different people. It, it's amazing how many different answers you could get if you asked churchgoers across the board that question. What does freedom in Christ mean to you? Now, let me ask you this. Freedom from what? Freedom from what? Now, Jesus gave us the clue here because he said that whosoever committeth sin is the servant of sin. And then he said, if the Son, therefore, shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. The freedom of real biblical Christianity is the freedom to live above sin. Boy, did I just let the cat out of the bag or what? That's my whole program right there. I was going to try to keep it a secret. You know, there's a fear amongst people, and and I guess I I have not developed it. (laughs) I don't have it. I have other fears, and I'm not perfect, but there's a fear of being labeled legalistic because... Freedom in Christ does not mean freedom to ignore God's rules. Freedom in Christ means freedom from sin, freedom to obey God's rules. You know, and and as I said, there are many people that are afraid of being called legalistic, so they veer away from implementing standards of Christian conduct in their lives, or if they're pastors, to give direction to um, to help people implement standards of Christian conduct in their lives. And when churches do this, it always leads to adapting to the lifestyle of the culture around us. Uh, you end up in the second generation with the Christianity that has adopted the culture around it, a third generation that doesn't have a clue what it means to be a peculiar people, like it says in Titus. Let me, let me read that, Titus 11 through 14. For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts we should live soberly, which means exactly what you think, <laughs> you know, free from intoxicants, righteously and godly in this present world. Righteous mean, righteously means to do what's right, and godly means to obey God in this present world, looking for that blessed hope in the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ, who, by the way, are the same person. And verse 14, who gave himself for us that he might redeem us or buy us back 
from all iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people zealous of good works. So freedom in Christ, if you ask many religious people, means that we don't have any rules anymore. But that's not what it means. It means we don't have to serve sin anymore, like we were doing before we met Jesus. See, I, I you know, I don't really want to digress tonight, but I've got to say this. There is a downward progression because people sometimes don't understand why they're doing the things they're doing. Like, they may be living the rules of God, but they don't understand why. So, number one, where we need to stay is this. We need to stay where biblical principles are understood and external standards are implemented. That's where we that's that's the way it's supposed to be. Like like for instance, biblical principles are understood. Uh, let's say uh you can't co- don't commit fornication. Okay, that's a biblical principle. Now, you you might set a standard for yourself because of that. I'm not going to be alone with a, a lady of the opposite sex. I'll I'll be in a group. If if I'm dating, maybe I'll meet her at the restaurant. You say, well, that's just a rule. Well, it's a rule. Yes, it's a rule, but the rule is there to help us to live the biblical principle. But what happens is many times people just live the rules, but they forget the biblical principle, and when that happens, you end up with legalism. Uh, biblical principles are ignored, and then external standards are exalted, and the next generation, biblical standards are forgotten and external standards are despised, and that's where a lot of Christianity is today. But it's simply because they fail to understand what it means to be free in Christ. Freedom in Christ means that we don't have to live in sin anymore. First Peter 2 and 9, you are a chosen generation a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people that you should show forth the praises of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. I've been preaching a little bit on 1 Peter 2 and 9 lately where it says show forth the praises, it means to show them off. Let the world see your candle. Now let, let's get into the meat of this. And I've, I've, got some, I've got my guitar in the studio. I might sing a couple songs. One of them I don't even know very well, but I knew it a long time ago, and I'm going to give it a whirl tonight. But I, it, it might be a little basic, but I think it, you'll get the point of it. But I want to really get into the meat of this in Romans chapter 8, verses 1 through 4. Now, in Romans chapter 7, which many people misunderstand Romans chapter 7. In Romans chapter 7, the Apostle Paul is talking kind of like in a third person about somebody that he used to be a person that tried to do good, but he couldn't do it. He didn't want to do evil, but he always ended up doing evil. When he tried to do good, he knew what to do, but he couldn't do it. And Romans chapter 7 is very misunderstood by people. They think that means we're supposed to live like that, like we can't do this. There was a famous Christian rock group that wrote a song called Monster, and they talked about this monster living inside of us. I think that's what it was about. And I think they based it on Romans chapter 7. I have a friend that's in the Walla Walla State Penitentiary that's now is back to Jesus. He walked away from God 
He's back to Jesus. He's baptizing people in Jesus' name out there. His family's in church, his mom, his stepdad, his sister now. He's got the Holy Ghost. Well, anyway, he wrote me in a letter. He said, when I see the Apostle Paul, I'm going to ask him, why did you put Romans 7 in there? Because it's got everybody confused. Well, the reason it has them confused is because they don't read Romans chapter 8. Romans 7, Paul ends Romans 7 basically by saying, you know, what a wretched person I am. I want to do what's right, but I can't do it. And Romans chapter 8 and verse 1, he goes, now, this is what he says. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Notice verse 2. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do, that it was weak through the flesh. In other words, the law of God in the Old Testament, we tried to do it, but we couldn't do it. He said, but God sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin condemned sin in the flesh, that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. You see, the Spirit of God has made us free from sin. Not in some kind of vague way, like, like you know, this, you know, I mean, it, yes, it has made us free from our past sins, but it has made us free from the power of sin. That's what freedom in Christ means. That That's why, you know, and I, I may allude to this later, but when I was young, like I believe most people, I think most people want to be good. I think most people want to be the hero, the man that rescues the princess or the person that rescues the children from the burning building. Um, I think, I don't know how women think, but I know growing up, I wanted to be the hero. I wanted to be the righteous person. I wanted to be the person of honor and respected. But I, I wasn't heading that way. It was like I couldn't do it because of this thing called sin. You know, I, I couldn't do it. I, I was dishonest. You know, I, I used people. You see, when I gave my life to Jesus, I became free from that. That's why it makes me shake my head when I see people backslide. Now, I'm not telling you I couldn't be deceived and backslide <clears throat> because backsliding people are deceived. Maybe maybe bitterness got a hold of them. Uh, may, maybe, uh, maybe the devil talked them into that he's got something for them that God is withholding from them like he did Adam and Eve. But I don't want to go back to bondage. But the bondage I'm talking about is not the bondage of the rules of God. I'm talking about the bondage of sin where you're addicted to drugs and you can't quit. Now that's bondage. In John chapter 1, Jesus gave us power to become the sons of God, the Bible says. 
See, this, this freedom in Christ is not what some religious people are promoting. They're promoting that freedom in Christ means there are no rules. But that's not freedom. What kind of a country would we have if that was the freedom we thought it was? Like, I have freedom, so I'm going to come over and steal your car? I mean, freedom only works if there's rules. You can't, there's no such thing as that type of freedom. You know, um, there was a, a guy that lived from 1824 to 1897. His last name was Blondin, Charles Blondin. He was an acrobat for France. He was a tightrope walker. Uh, he was When he was six years old, he started as an acrobat. And he won acclaim for daring performances. Uh, he, he was probably the most outstanding person for hazardous feats. Um, in, from, in 1859 through 1860, when he was like 34, 35, he he took a made took an 1100 foot long rope and stretched it 160 feet above Niagara Falls, and he would cross that 1100 foot rope above Niagara Falls. He'd walk across it. And he would vary his act. He'd come up with improvision. Sometimes he would push a wheelbarrow across it. One time he walked across it with a man on his back. One time he walked across it balancing on stilts. (laughs) Now, you say, why did you tell us that story, Pastor Bob? Because true freedom doesn't mean that you're walking on the pavement. The narrow path that God has called all of the believers to walk on is a narrow path, but he's given us power to walk on it, and when we're obeying God, we have freedom. You know, walking on a wide sidewalk is not very impressive. If I I tried to show, if I set up a a show out of Medora tonight and say, come and see Pastor Bob, the world-famous acrobat, I'm going to walk on this six-foot-wide sidewalk. And I'll jump on one foot. (laughs) Nobody's going to come and see me. You know, I've got a grandson that's, well, I've got two grandsons and a son-in-law now that just bought an airplane. And I know one of the grandsons is flying solo already. I told him, before I fly with you, you better get good. (laughs) But there's a freedom in flying, I bet. I bet that's a really free feeling. But I promise you, there's a lot of rules to it. Paul never said that becoming a Christian sets you free from righteous standards. On the contrary, we are set free from the bondage of unholy standards. True freedom in Christ is the freedom from sin overcoming us. And it's giving us the desire to do what's right. You know what? I mean, you can you might think Christianity is a bunch of rules and regulations. And you might think, you know, I'm not going to do that. But I've been down the other road, and I'll tell you what. 
That's the rules. That's the regulation. Sin is a taskmaster. It's it's a terrible thing. To be free in Christ, to live the way I want to do, there's no better place than that. Text me tonight, 701-290-7860. place to be than the road that leads to heaven. No other place I'd rather be. 
somehow, somehow, you know, our, our church has, you know, done well and we've grown and, you know, we've got a new building and I suppose people would think we've reached some measure of success here in Dickinson, I would imagine, but I still feel like I'm not selling this right. I, I feel like if I could sell this the way it is, that they would, there wouldn't be buildings to, I mean, I'll give this to the devil. He's he's a good salesperson. He's got a junk product. I mean, he's you know he's got he's got nothing to offer, and he makes people feel like they can't live without it. And here I've got this gospel that has everything, and people somehow I'm selling it like they think it's a bunch of rules and regulations. One of my favorite testimonies <coughs> I heard. I heard it many years ago, and I don't know if anybody from his church might be listening, but there's a kind of a famous Pentecostal preacher named Kenny Godare. And I heard him say this years ago, and I've heard him say it again and again. I think, In fact, I think I've heard him just say it recently. He was speaking in our church in West Fargo here a while back, and I think I heard him say it again. But this is what he said. He, You know, he grew up going to a Pentecostal church. He said, this is all I've ever known, and I love it. And I thought, that is a good testimony. In other words, you don't have to go out in this world to see how miserable it is. You can just open your eyes and see that. I mean, our world is, is I mean, you know, the mental health business, I mean, if you want to invest in something to make a lot of money, buy stock in pharmaceutical companies. Because people in our country, I mean, that's sad. I mean, I'm not telling you to do that. But I'm just saying, if that's what you want to do is make money. Because depression and misery and fear and anxiety, they are just exploding all over the country. You see, freedom in Christ is freedom from all that junk. Freedom in Christ means freedom from your addiction. That's why I've been saying this for years, and, you know, if you turn me off in the middle of this, what I'm going to say, you're, you're going to really miss it. But I'm free. And now I get to smoke all the cigarettes I want to smoke. I get to drink all the alcohol I want to drink. I get to take all the illegal drugs that I want to take. And I get to sleep with all the women I want to sleep with. Because I'm free. But you see, I don't want to smoke. And I don't want to drink. And I don't want to take drugs. And there's only one woman I want to sleep with, and that's the one I've been sleeping with for the last 43 years. See, I'm doing exactly what I want to do, and that is freedom. How can I sell this to you? How can I convince you that living for Jesus is freedom? We get to be the good person. We get to be the the respected person. We get to be the solid person maybe in our family. You see, this this 
you know, I like I say, sometimes I feel so inadequate. I, you know what? I might even quit the program here tonight early. I'm hoping I'm getting this across. We'll see. Because I'm going to try to get out to Medora. I'm going to pick my wife and one of my great-grandsons. Can you believe Pastor Bob has great-grandchildren? I got four of them. Great-grandchildren. And uh, one of them's name is Tyrell, and he likes me. When he sees me, he reaches out his arms. Pick me up, Grandpa. Grandpa laid him down for a nap today because his parents are on their anniversary date. And... and um, and when he woke up, he and I were best friends. <laughs> I just got sidetracked. But, you know, I've got people texting me, too. Thank you for texting me. 701-290-7862. Um, we've got uh, Brother Griffith, the Bible scholar from Great Falls. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord and the people whom he hath chosen for his inheritance. In other words, we're blessed. Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Like, this is not hard. God God did not, when he created man, say, I'm going to come up with some rules that are so hard just to see if they really love me. <laughs> see, that's that's what some people think living for Jesus is. Like, well, it's a, it's hard to live for Jesus. No, the Bible said the way of the transgressor is hard the way of the person that goes against god's way like god didn't lay out rules that would be hard for us from the very beginning before man was created he he came up with rules so that we could be happy like god felt like knew that we would be happy being monogamous one man one woman like God knew that we would be happy uh, being heterosexual. <laughs> so he made rules against the other. Not because he hated people that, that were homosexual. No, it's because they're not happy. I mean, it, it's, it's, a, it's a, I, you know, I, I'm just telling you, Pastor Bob is not homophobic. I, I love everybody. I really do. I, you know, if you come to our church here in Dickinson and you're you're living that lifestyle, we'll be glad. We'll treat you very nicely. We, you know, we'll be. You, I mean, you, you might get uncomfortable in my preaching because the Bible says it's a sin. But the reason the Bible says it's a sin is because God's ways are good for us. Deuteronomy chapter, I believe it's chapter ten. There's a whole thing, whole list of things: love the Lord, serve Him, keep His commandments. Uh, you know, and it goes on and on. And then it says at the end, for thy good. <laughs> it's for my good. You know, when I first came to God, some of my friends said, boy, Bob, you really gave up a lot for your religion. You know, you don't, you don't smoke anymore. You don't take drugs anymore. You don't get to drink anymore. You don't get to party with us anymore. And I think maybe at first I said something like, yeah, yeah, I really did give up a lot. But one day I thought, what did I give up? <clears throat> See, repentance means to change your mind about sin. So if you don't want to do it anymore and you're glad you don't have to do it anymore, now you're happy because you don't want to. The difference between what happened to me when I was converted and what happens to some people when they quit using drugs is they still want to use them, but they know it's killing them 
or their wife gave them the ultimatum that they can't do it anymore, and so or their job said if you get caught again, or the the, the judge said if you you know if you get caught again, we're taking away your driver's license forever. And that will motivate some people to stop doing it. But inside, they still want to do it because there's nothing that's been changed. Freedom in Christ means, like, I don't want to do that anymore. That bondage of sin is gone. Hold me down and inject me with drugs. That's the way you're going to have to do it if you want me to start again. Because I don't want to. I don't don't want to. That's why I've been drug-free for all these years. Because in repentance, I changed my mind about it. And I'm free from it. You know what? I'm not patting myself on the back, but that makes sense. That's why if you're battling some type of addiction tonight, whether it's pornography or... You know, like I mentioned, some type of um, narcotic, mind-altering substance. I'm not talking about, you know, sugar or caffeine. I'm talking about something that's going to destroy you. If you're battling that tonight and you just can't get the victory over it, I think you need to change your mind about it. God is not trying to hold you back. He's trying to help you up. God doesn't hurt anybody when they come to him. He makes them better. You don't go down to a Pentecostal altar and pray. You go up to a Pentecostal altar and pray. You don't, your life, if you've already got a good life and you come to God, it'll get better. If you've got a terrible life and you come to God, it'll get good. I mean, it doesn't matter where you're at. God is in the business of improving people. Oh, wow. Anyway, I've got some songs I should sing. Pastor Bob is the pastor of the New Life Pentecostal Church, Dickinson, North Dakota, 501 Elks Drive. Here's the way we do it here. Wednesday nights, 7.30, a church service. Everybody's welcome. If you're a person that likes to pray, come at 7. We pray early before church. Many people meet in the prayer room, and we have a prayer room that we just pray. You can walk around, you can sit, you can kneel, whichever you want to do. On Friday mornings, we have a men's Bible study at 6 a.m. at the church. And there's usually food there. Sometimes, most of the time, my wife makes it. I bring it. That's really nice of her. And then at Sunday mornings at 10 o'clock is Sunday school. Right now during the summer we have children's church from 10 to 11. Uh, we also have adult Bible classes from 10 to 11. And would you come, Pastor Bob, we split up the other two classes by uh, alphabet sometimes so they keep them smaller, but Pastor Bob also teaches a Bible class right at the, the entryway to the church. It's a basic Bible class, 21 lessons, um, and and I'd love to have you come. You can start at any time. Uh, this next next week, I'm teaching on righteousness, joy, and peace in the Holy Ghost. And even if you miss the first whatever lessons, you can start in the middle of this one and just go until you c- accomplish all 21 lessons. I'd love to have you come, even if you don't believe in coming to church. Just come to my Bible class. That's what it's designed for. It's right at the entryway of the church. You can come in. You can come. You can leave. You don't have to even stay for church. I want. I want you to be in my Bible class. Please come. As I mentioned earlier, we have a church in Beach Tuesday nights at seven thirty. It's right near near the Family Dollar there in Beach. I don't know what the address is. We just built the place. I mean, it just finished it. 
They just had their first Sunday service today. That's Tuesday nights at 7.30, Wednesday, or Sunday mornings at 10 o'clock. In Bowman, we have a church at 18 North Main. It's a storefront church, uh, that beautiful building, the way they've got it set up. It's very nice. And that is, is from, that's on thir- Wednesday nights at 7.30, Sunday mornings at 10.30. So we'd love to have you come. Well, let's see here. Got my guitar. <coughs> Nobody's asking me to sing yet, but I'm just going to take it that you want me to. Pastor Bob is so glad that you're so honored that you're listening tonight. Uh, just, it always is. Uh, Greg Johnson, he said, he delivered, exclamation mark. That's exactly right. But but uh, it's 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 delivered because we don't want to do it anymore. Like, this is what exactly, like, what I want to do. You know, like, well, you, you Pentecostals, do you really have to go to church that often? No, we don't have to. We just want to. Well, this song, we'll see how it goes. Our piano player in, in uh, Bismarck taught us this song years ago, and I sang a part in it. And I don't really know the chords or anything, but I'll just kind of wing it and see if it sounds okay. Mm-hmm. <coughs> Boy, I shouldn't do this on live radio, but I'll try. <coughs> I met a man the other day who looked at me and said, I've seen so many times I've seen your kind before. You can't do this and you can't do that You're bound by rules and restrictions What a dreary life you Christians must observe Well, I looked him in the eye and I said you're wrong I can do anything that turns me on I can smoke till my eyes turn red and my face turns blue I can chew and dip, I can snort and puff I can party and drink until the sun comes up But there's better things in life I'd rather do You see, I choose to be a Christian I choose to be like Him There's nobody making me do it This is how I want to live Well, you decide for you And I'll decide for me choice is mine, this is what I choose to be. Well, I must admit, from time to time, the thought of heaven keeps me toeing the line, that the Lord is coming, sounds too good to be true. But if it was all just a fairy tale, and there was no heaven, and there was no hell, I'd still be happy living like I do. You see, I choose to be a Christian. I choose to be like Him. There's nobody making me do it. This is how I want to live. Well, you decide for you, and I'll decide for me. The choice is mine. This is what I choose to be. So don't look at me. In sympathy And think that I've been cheated For not doing all those things That you call fun 
Because when you're getting down on the other side of town, the choice I made will be lifting me out of here. You see, I choose to be a Christian. I choose to be like him. There's nobody holding a gun to my head. This is how I want to live. Well, you decide for you. Now the sign for me, the choice is mine. This is what I choose to be. Amen. Well, you know what? I don't think I'll sing another song tonight. But I do. I, I wrote a song about freedom in Christ, but I'm not going to sing it. I just won't. Well, Pastor Bob is honored, as I said earlier, that you listen. I'm going to pray for our listening audience tonight. Please. Pray with me if you're a praying person. Lord Jesus, of course, I have no idea who I'm talking to tonight. I really don't know who I'm listening to, but I'm trusting you that that somebody, that's maybe somebody, Lord, that's been thinking that living for you is just a a real hard thing to do, full of rules and, you know, regulations that can't be kept, to steal away our joy. They've been convinced by Satan that he's got the good way. And Lord, tonight, I pray for them that you've shown them, you've opened their eyes, that real freedom is the freedom to choose to do what's right. God, I pray that you help our listening audience tonight work in their lives. Jesus' name. Thank you so much for listening. We're going to end with a Bill Ferris song, and I'm going to get out of here and go to pick up my wife and my great-grandson and and Dora. Lord willing, next Sunday night, 806 Mountain Time, we'll be back for another Tell It Like It Is. And the emptiness that once was, Lord, is now a place you fill. And I'm thankful for the faith you placed in me. That you are almighty Because when I'm weak Then I am made strong I'm thankful for the blood you shed for me When you died on Calvary Cause when I'm baptized It removes all my wrong I'm thankful I'm thankful When salvation was so near So at those times you don't feel like lifting your voice Remember that Jesus has purchased your choice The praises you offer can set captives free Because where Jesus is there will be liberty But if we do not praise you
in awe of your kindness and compassion. Where you delivered me from sin and the emptiness within. From the immorality, nothing else could set me free. All the drugs that had me bound, so depressed I thought I'd drown. All the lies of rock and roll could never heal my wounded soul. But you filled me with your spirit, and I spoke with other tongues. You gave me how to be a witness and the power to overcome. That I can enter in into the holiest of holies Cause that's where you choose to dwell Now the covenant is broken With eternal death and hell So if we do not praise you The rocks will cry out And we owe so much more So we'll stand up and shout Somebody stand up and shout And I'm thankful for the rain I'm thankful that you healed me For a heart that's free from pain I'm thankful for your goodness And I'm thankful for your grace I'm thankful for the smile That you've put upon my face And the least of all your mercies I'm not worthy of today So I lift my voice toward heaven So that you can hear me Have you always wanted to have a program on the radio? If you can talk on the phone, you can have your very own program on Holy Ghost Radio 2. You can produce your program or we can help you produce it. For more information, tap on the ad panel on our app or contact us through our website, www.holyghostradio.com. The preceding program was brought to you by an independent producer. The opinions expressed on the program do not necessarily reflect those of the staff, management, or ownership of Holy Ghost Radio.